Welcome to the Podium Podcast, where we bring together leaders from the worlds of sports, media and philanthropy to discuss the people and stories that change the world. At Podium Pictures, we make impact. We encourage you to visit PodiumPictures.com to learn more about our mission. Now, here's your host, Emmy Award-winning filmmaker, Brett Rapkin. Welcome to the Podium Podcast. Today, we have an awesome guest on the show. His name is John Frades. He is the father of Pete Frades, the former Boston College baseball captain, who in 2012 was diagnosed with ALS at the age of 27. He subsequently inspired the Ice Bucket Challenge, which started in the summer of 2014 and would become the most high-profile viral philanthropic effort in recent history. You probably remember it, everyone from Bill Gates to Ethel Kennedy to LeBron James to Justin Bieber to George W. Bush to Lady Gaga to Kermit the Frog, all participated in the Ice Bucket Challenge. John, welcome to the Podium Podcast. How are you today? I'm fantastic. How about yourself? I'm doing well. It's it's great to connect with you. And, and where do we find you these days? Well, I just uh, am enjoying the sunny confines of Bonita Springs, Florida. Uh, you know, it is so surreal here. It's a lot better than the winter in Boston that we just endured. So I'll take this anytime. Which side of Florida is that on the Fort Myers side or? Correct. Yeah. So when my son Pete was playing uh, for Boston College, we kind of fell in love with this area. And uh, we happen to go into an open house during COVID and who would ever buy a home in the height of the pandemic, but we found a small little condo and we're happy. Excellent. Do you ever, you ever get down to Fort Myers and watch some spring training games? You know, um, I was on a personal best. I had eight games, two with the twins because we're friendly with uh, the manager, the skipper and uh, six with the Red Sox. And then they shut it down. So I got to see them quite a bit. I went down there once. I was doing a, a documentary on the 1967 Impossible Dream Red Sox and went down there to do some interviews with Tom Werner and, and a bunch of others. And uh, we were staying at the Best Western down the road and Johnny Pesky was yep. was staying there and he was sitting in the lobby in his white V-neck t-shirt. I said, Johnny, you need a ride to the ballpark? He said, sure. So my brother Scott and I drove Johnny Pesky over to the ballpark yeah. and he gave us a tour of the whole place and took us in the locker room and everything. He was a great guy. Yeah, he's a he's an amazing guy. Uh, two things about him. He ended up his uh, career living very close to us up in, uh, we live in Beverly, Mass, up on the North Shore of Boston. He's from Swampscott. We'd often see him in church. And then he and my son, Pete, became best buds during the annual Red Sox BC stuff. So there's some great pictures of Pete and Johnny Pesky. What a great guy. Excellent. Well, I'd love to hear, I'm sure you've told the story more than once or twice, but I just would love to hear the story behind, you know, the ice bucket challenge and, um, and then talk about, you know, why you think it, it took off the way it did. But uh, just for starters, you know, what was the genesis of all that? Well, we did an exhaustive research, actually, a guy named Steve Buckley for the Atlantic uh, did an exhaustive piece, and he really spent a long time on it. So I've got more facts than you can know. But I can put you uh, kind of real time with what was happening with us. 
we uh, were hit by a two by four when Pete was diagnosed at 27 years old with a terminal illness called ALS. Not many people had heard of it. I would say there were three reactions. One is, oh my God, because they knew it was terminal and that was the end. Or, oh gee, I hope he gets better. I'll send you a, a get well card. Or the third one was, what's ALS? And everybody, the old timers knew it as Lou Gehrig's disease. So uh, we did everything, just tr try and raise awareness. Uh, we played a lot of three-on-three -three basketball games, wiffle ball stuff, just uh, building a small network of people, although Pete knew everybody in the world. But when that ice bucket video came around to Pete from his good friend Pat Quinn out of Yonkers, New York, it hit Pete's network and it literally exploded. Uh, there's a great Facebook timeline that shows all of the hits that happened in and around Boston it jumped to Pittsburgh because of uh, Sidney Crosby and this guy named Craig Adams who played for the Penguins and his father-in-law, uh, Paul Salucci, the governor, former governor of Massachusetts, had ALS. So it ran around the sports world. It ran around Boston. And it certainly ran around Pete's network. And Pete's network was huge. You know, we couldn't watch a game, an MLB game, an NFL game, or an NHL game where he wouldn't tell me, Dad, I played with that guy or against that guy. And I'm like, you know, that's such BS, Pete. Um, I, you know, I'm waiting for uh, Obama to give me a phone call uh, to ask about foreign policy. Uh, that's how much I thought it was ridiculous until people started doing, uh, pouring uh, buckets of water over their head, ice water, and shouting out Pete's name. Now, our name can be said a couple different ways. You know, Fratus, Freights, but they all said it correctly, Freighties. And that meant they knew Pete. Is that is that the reason why you think it took off the way it did? I mean, what are some of the any statistics offhand of of some of the impressions, monies raised? What were yeah. some of the the successes there? Well, it's the largest viral sensation in the history of mankind. And off the top of my head, I would say it's something like ten million unique ice bucket challenge videos uploaded to Facebook and viewed over four hundred million times by one billion unique users. Um, it raised $225 million from August through the end of the year of 2014, and then they just stopped counting. That's $225 million. And it's just remarkable, uh, the reach and the breadth as to what this thing did. So, okay, we know about the money raised, and it went a lot of it to research. And Pete never said, and I wish he did, send it to me, John Frady's, and then I'll push it out to all the ALS associations. He said, Google it on your own, figure out what this disease is and what you're comfortable with, and then make the donation. Um, overseas, when we started getting invited to go overseas because people had heard of Pete, uh, they called it MND, motor neuron disease. And there's now a synergy and a collaboration between uh, overseas and the United States. So that's why... I feel comfortable and confident in saying that there should be a treatment uh, to help eradicate this thing because no person, no family, uh, no friend, no community should ever have to go through uh, what Pete struggled with. What is the status of, of what is the status of, of ALS and where are we in terms of finding uh, a cure or therapies? 
Well, my wife is much better at that because she is a uh, keynote speaker, and I kind of kept to Pete's bedside all those years. But I've heard enough of her speeches to know that when we were diagnosed in 2012, and I say we, meaning the entire family was diagnosed, uh, diagnosed. Um, there was really two drugs in the pipeline. They both failed, but now there's something like 86 plus drugs that are before the FDA, and there's a lot of hopefully effective treatments, and they run the gamut uh, from uh, you know cell therapy stuff to uh, biogenics, uh, the whole thing. And I keep looking at the vaccine that we're undergoing now with COVID, and enough, enough people were afflicted with this terrible, dreadful disease, uh, I'm sure we could come up with a cure uh, as we have with the COVID uh, vaccine. Um, they claim that all these autoimmunes, ALS, MS, Parkinson's, uh, Alzheimer's are all related. So cure one, cure them all. I'm sure you've had people come to you and, and want to know, you know, what, what was the secret sauce that made uh, you know, the ice bucket challenge, I think you called it the biggest viral campaign in history. Right. And wh what do you tell people like that? Who does your phone ring and people want to want to know the secret so they can do it too? You're exactly right. Uh, you're looking at the guy, uh, talking to the guy who has probably taken more ice buckets than anyone on the planet because everyone would call the house hey, look, I want to do my own ice bucket. It would be great if there was a member of the Frady's family there and everybody would just look at me and off I'd go. Uh, but I love it because guess what? It's helping awareness. And like uh, Bill Belichick will say, uh, the fundamentals of blocking and tackling win the Super Bowl. And that's what we're all about. Raising awareness brings the money for the research, for the funding, for the treatment and the eventual cure. So yes, uh, we got so many calls uh, asking us to participate. Uh, it was a fun, organic, viral sensation. And unfortunately, we try to replicate it each and every year. We do it on a smaller way. But people would ask us, what do you have up your sleeve next? We don't know. You know, it just was viral. It just happened. It was organic. Companies would call us, corporations, hey, uh, you know, you seem to be a marketing genius. Can you help us? And I'm like, look, it just happened. Uh, my son it was that popular. Uh, he knew so many folks. And in my day, I'm an old guy, as you can tell, um, in my day, you know, uh, uh, religious figures, political figures, maybe even some movie actors reigned supreme over the populace. Uh, nowadays, it's entertainment folks and sports heroes. So once the sports heroes did it, boom, it took off like crazy. And then the fourth week was, uh, or third week was Hollywood, crazy again. And the fourth week was international and it is the largest viral sensation, probably never to be repeated, unfortunately. But if you think about it, it was the last united thing we all did as a, as a country. Um, you know, it didn't matter what ethnicity you were, uh, didn't matter about your religious beliefs, political beliefs, none of that crap. Uh, it was really, truly in honor of my son and the 30,000 other patients that are suffering from a terminal disease. You get ALS, there's no cure. You are going to die, and it's terrible to hear those three words, those three letters. You mentioned the the viral piece of it um, and how the athletes starting to do it really made it take off. I mean, that's something that is a big part of what we're doing here at, at 
at my company, Podium Pictures, you know, we did this film with with Michael Phelps about mental health last year, and it ended up attracting, you know, Sean White and Apollo Ono and and Bodie Miller, who's from your neck of the woods. Yeah, New Hampshire. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that does seem to be the case right now. I think especially with social media is when these athletes talk about something, you know, certainly it can be for Nike, but even if it's a cause like mental health or like the S bucket challenge, it sure seems like a great way to use their, their platforms. Was that your experience? Uh, without a doubt. Um, just take a look at another neighbor of ours, uh, uh, El Prez, uh, David Portnoy. He lives uh, in the same hometown that we talked about Johnny Pesky earlier Swampscott, Massachusetts, that's where he came from. So he knew of Pete. He was very connected with Pete. And look at the platform uh, that uh, Barstool has. And uh, anybody would, uh, you know, fall over backwards for the reach uh, that they have. So um, I I love it. I can't uh, say enough good things about social media. Uh, It is the reason why you're talking to me today. Otherwise, who gives a crap about you know, Pete's dad. Yeah. Social media gets a bad rap and there's, there's certainly some, yeah. some crappy parts about it. I guess it's kind of just how you use it, but it's great to see an example of, of something that was used for, for so much positivity. Um, since uh, Pete's passing in 2019, you know, where would you like to see things continue to evolve w- with this conversation? Where do you think Pete would have liked to have seen things go? You know, it's uh, remarkable to read his words uh, because there's a great thing about to happen. You, Everyone knows of uh, Jackie Robinson breaking the color line. He's honored by Major League Baseball. Roberto Clemente and his incredible philanthropic, no matter uh, how great his career was, but what he was doing, dying a, a hero, uh, trying to deliver goods and services to his home country, stricken, uh, I think, by a hurricane or, or tornado or something. Um, now, because of Pete's efforts, he had called on uh, Commissioner Manfred to host a day in honor of Lou Gehrig. And sure enough, June 2nd, uh, the date of uh, Lou's passing is going to be commemorated throughout Major League Baseball. And this June 2nd is going to be a special day. In fact, I just got off the phone with some folks uh, where we're going to be invited to Yankee Stadium because the Red Sox are in Houston. So we're all uh, vaccinated up and we're ready to go. You know. Uh, I've only got a 62-year-old arm, but it's, you know, got plenty of years left in it. Yeah, you think they might let you get in a, f- a couple innings? Uh, yeah, you know, that's all I've asked is, give me a chance, coach. Put me in. Yeah, they don't have to keep you in the whole game, but at least give no. you the start, right? Yeah, give me one pitch. I don't care. Just to say I was there. So what you said you've done more ice bucket challenges than, than anybody else. Is there any secret to the, the mixture of ice and water? Or, or- <laughs> You know, there Look, I've done so many, and you can almost tell that this one is going to hurt because a lot of folks, unfortunately, get eager, over-eager on the ice and not enough on the water. But I did one with uh, the cops up on the North Shore because they're so into our cause and they love it. And they decided they're going to do something unique and special. So they ordered dry ice. Well, dry ice and water don't mix. I didn't know that until this block, literally a concrete block fell on my head. I almost got knocked out. But, you know, (laughs) uh, hey, it uh, served the purpose. It looked good on video, but it hurt like you know what. So uh, uh, they all suck. They're all cold, but they're all worthwhile. 
Absolutely. And I, I imagine living in a, a warm weather place like Los Angeles or Florida doesn't hurt either. Yeah, man. And we do it in August. So the ones that are absolutely terrible and the ones I have to tip my hat to are the people who do it in the height of the winter or, you know, uh, around a ski slope. I've seen a lot of stuff like that. I did a commercial with uh, Sullivan Tire once and uh, the owner of Sullivan Tire, Paul Sullivan, it was uh, the coldest day in March I've ever seen. And this little guy, he was so game and he took it like a champ and I could not believe it because I was freezing. For people that want to support uh, what you're doing in, in ALS, is there anywhere that you can that we can send them to, to check it out and, and support it? Yeah, that's a great question because there's a couple things going on. What we're trying to do is start an initiative. We do have a Pete Freides Family Foundation, and we're uh, trying to find families just like our own who are in head over heels with uh, tremendous amounts of health care. Because once you start with uh, personal caregivers, uh, attendants, and nurses, uh, the expenses are exorbitant, and you really can't go backwards. They're not getting better. So you've got to uh, maintain a certain level of service. Uh, so we do um, have peepfrades.com where you can take a look. But we are going to kick off a new initiative, and we haven't really said much about it. Uh, in Chelsea, there's a home uh, that they're going to dedicate to my son, Pete, if I can help raise $5 million bucks. So uh, I said, of course, uh, sign me up. And it's going to be named for Pete called Pete's Place, and it's for vented patients only. Uh, they don't get the care. They go into nursing homes. And uh, unfortunately, the nursing home laws are you get checked once every six hours. That's it. Well, maybe for other patients, it's okay. They can move around a little bit. But with an ALS patient who is locked, trapped in their own body, they might defecate within the first 10 minutes and then have uh, five hours plus sitting in it. Uh, they might have developed tremendous bed sores. So with this place, they have the great care that uh, they so well deserve. So we're going to be kicking that off right around the time of the June 2nd Lou Gehrig Day. But all that information will be on PeteFrades.com. And that's Pete and Frades is spelled F-R-A-T-E-S. Yep. Correct. F-R-A-T-E-S. Excellent. Well, John, yeah. it was so lovely to meet you and, and thanks for yeah, the work that you do. And June 2nd, is it June 2nd? The, uh, yes. The day at Yankee Stadium? Yeah, and it's going to be forever. So uh, take a look for that. Uh, you know, if you're curious, uh, ALS has a beautiful uh, uh, thing in Cooperstown uh, with Jim Catfish Hunter that people don't realize he had ALS uh, and passed from it. Uh, Lou Gehrig, of course, and my son Pete. They're all in the Hall of Fame. Excellent. Well, thanks so much for the work you do, and, and it's great to connect, and uh, let's be in touch. Okay, Brett. Thanks a lot, man.